Good morning and welcome to Daily Devotions. My name is Israel, and today we are starting a brand new devotion series based on the Apostle Paul's first letter to the Corinthian church, or known as First Corinthians in our New Testaments. The letter to the Corinthians was written to the church in the city of Corinth, based in Asia Minor. Corinth was a very important economic and spiritual hub for the ancient world. It was an important port city where a lot of trading happened uh, for the Roman Empire, but it was also an important religious sector because Corinth was known as a city covered in temples to various different pagan deities. The Apostle Paul came to the city and he ended up evangelizing firstly among the Jewish people there and told them about Jesus being the Messiah. And you can read all about Paul's experience in the city of Corinth in this first visit in the book of Acts chapter 18, verses 1 to 17. In Acts chapter 18, verses, verses 8 to 11, it says this, Crispus, the ruler of the synagogue, believed in the Lord together with his entire household. And many of the Corinthians hearing Paul believed and were baptized. And the Lord said to Paul one night in a vision, do not be afraid, but go on speaking and do not be silent for I am with you and no one will attack you or harm you for I have many in the city who are my people. And he stayed there for a year and six months teaching the word of God among them. So Paul spent a year and a half in Corinth teaching the Jewish believers in Jesus there. Paul would eventually leave Corinth and go on to other cities in Asia Minor, but he started getting reports back that the church in Corinth wasn't quite healthy, wasn't quite up to standard. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 11, the Apostle Paul writes this, For it has been reported to me by Chloe's people that there is quarreling among you brothers. The Apostle Paul ends up writing this letter to address the main issues that the church in Corinth were facing. And he wanted to voice his concern and give some pastoral guidance on how they can work through these things. And he writes this letter addressing five main issues that the church was facing. And if I read the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9, stands out to me specifically, because I think it sets the scene for the whole book. And it kind of seems to be the message that Paul keeps coming back to. And it says this, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. God is faithful. This is a key verse in Paul's first letter to the Corinthian church. The rest of the letter keeps coming back to this. It is a statement that God had called them, and it is very important that they understand that their relationship with God is because God called them. And it doesn't matter what the problems they are facing in their church, they just need to come back to this concept that God is faithful to them. It seems that the church in Corinth had not quite understood the implications of their calling and the relationship that they personally got to enjoy with Jesus himself. Instead, they began, Paul begins in the very, in the very next verse. He begins to deal with some of the divisions, the scandals, the lawsuits, the immorality, the drunkenness, and the quarreling that the church had fallen into. 
it is very clear that despite the provisions which they had received from the Holy Spirit, they were experiencing a great failure of being the church. They had all this ability to do the most incredible things by the empowerment of the Spirit, but not much was actually leaving the church and impacting the city. And it's so reflective of a lot of churches today. We have these incredible experiences in church on a Sunday, but those experiences don't leave the church and empower us to go and make actual change in our cities. Instead of the church in Corinth making an impact on Corinth, Corinth was having an impact on the church. And all of these ugly attitude and actions that were going out in the everyday, out in the city, out in the pagan worships, it started to infiltrate the church. Instead of the church changing the city, the city slowly started to change the church. But before addressing his first area of concern to the church in Corinth, Paul begins his letter by first thanking God for everything that he had done in the Christian community in Corinth. He makes it very clear to them that he is convinced that the faith of the Corinthian church is genuine. And it was, it was confirmed by gifts that had been received from God, which included gifts of speech and wisdom and knowledge. And, and he says that it doesn't matter whatever problems they have, it's not because God had not given them access to everything that they need to solve them. And Paul assures them that, that because they are in Christ, that they will indeed one day stand blameless before Jesus because they have been sanctified through the faithfulness that God has called them into the fellowship with his son, Jesus. You can read that in verses one to nine in chapter one. Next, Paul begins to address one of the many concerns he had of the Corinthian church. He received this report that there was divisions among them. And it's rooted in that factions started emerging in the church based on whatever favorite teacher they were following. Some said they were following Paul. Others said they were following and their teacher Apollos, some said they were following Peter, some said they don't follow a human teacher, they follow Jesus themselves, as if that's some separate category. And Paul urges them to stop being divided and to pursue unity. And we see this problem in the church nowadays still. I follow this teacher and I follow this teacher and whatever is the latest one we saw on TBN or listening to on YouTube or Instagram or Facebook and we have all of these things and divisions in this church because we say we follow human leaders, but Paul urges us here to pursue unity because it doesn't matter what teacher we followed. We weren't baptized into the faith in the name of our favorite Bible teacher. We were baptized into the faith in the name of Jesus. And as we all pursue unity in Jesus, we pursue unity with one another. Paul writes that in chapter 1, verses 10 to 17. And then Paul transitions by declaring that Jesus didn't send him to preach the gospel with eloquent or wise-sounding words to them, to try to persuade them that Jesus was the real way and therefore emptying the cross of his power by trying to do it with an eloquent or intentional way of communication. Paul says that the cross doesn't need clever packaging that it must be believed for what it is. In fact, Paul says that some people have even rejected the message of the cross because they have deemed it to be foolish. I mean, a Messiah that was crucified claiming to be God dying for the sins of humanity doesn't sound like a very powerful God. 
And that for the men who do, in fact, believe the message of the cross, that they are saved through the cross being rightly understood to be the very power of God. That's verses 18 to 21. For the Jewish people, the teachings that a Messiah would come and to be killed as a common criminal on a Roman cross wasn't something that they understood. They expected a powerful Messiah that would lead them in a great military victory against the Romans. The Greeks also rejected the message because to them, the pursuit of human wisdom and logic made more sense than anything else. And the cross seemed foolish. What sort of powerful God would willingly come and die on a cross for the sins of humanity? You can read Paul's writings in verses 22 to 25. But Paul shows us here that God was pleased to save those who he believed to be weak and foolish with the message of the gospel. In fact, Paul says that he intentionally chose to walk with those who were deemed weak and foolish in the world's eyes and believed a weak and foolish gospel in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And that in this way, through using the foolish things of the world, that God will shame the supposed wisdom in the world, the supposed high status of people in all their human understanding and wisdom. And Paul will use the foolish things to confine the wise, verses 26 to 31. But it all comes back to verses 9. God is faithful, by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. We have been called into the fellowship of Jesus through the faithfulness of God. Don't get stuck on the teachings and the swings of various different men, but instead pursue unity, because we're all called to Jesus. In another gospel, the Apostle Paul talks that we're all baptized in the same baptism. We're all followers of Jesus. And there may be different interpretations and different ideas. And sometimes the message of the gospel seems foolish to human wisdom. But it makes sense if you understand this narrative of the suffering servant faithfully pursuing humanity and wanting to be with us. Over the next month, we're going to be unpacking the letter of 1 Corinthians. And I want to encourage you, tune in every weekday at 7 a.m. as we unpack this book together. There are so many lessons to be learned, and I'm excited for us to learn this together. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, thank you that you guided the Apostle Paul to write this letter to the Corinthian church. And thank you that 2,000 years later, we can still learn from it. Will you show us just the truth of how much we've been called by Jesus, of how faithful he's been? And Lord, where there have been divisions among us, will you lead us to unity? Like Jesus prayed in John chapter 17, that the world will believe because we are one. Help us to be one, Lord Jesus. Be with us today, protect us, and continue to guide us throughout this week. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.